All right, we are back. Episode 232. We drunk brothers in the podcast today. We've got the NFL championship round recap. Ethan's trivia extravaganza is the name that we officially came up with our trivia time. You officially gonna, came up with. I officially came I just, up with because I just got to call it something. The, the abbreviation for that's ETA. Nice. No, it's not. We just, ETE. ETE. Oh my God. See? <laughs> extravaganza. Yeah, um, we are going to give our NFL awards because fuck the uh, official ones. And then we're going to do something. We're going to talk about our favorite five QBs of all time. We'll get into that a little bit later, but something extra. We're not talking about Super Bowl. It's way too early. Anyone who's talking about Super Bowl right now, you need to pump the brakes because we still got uh, 10 days. Real fast. 11 days. Last week, you all listened. It was uncut. Um and I just went for it, me and Travis. I, I wanted to listen to the very beginning just to see how it sounded. And I noticed that quite literally uncut the very beginning of the podcast. You hear me go, do you, do you want me to start? <laughs> and I so can you glad you all could experience that. But <laughs> can you write me in? Uh, Fuck it. We'll write it and do it live. <laughs> Fucking what, does that sucks? what does it mean to play us out? You know what? You know what? <laughs> Uh, oh, top five videos of all time but we are all back oh. um and we are ready to do the damn thing so to recap last week's gambling we finished the championship round down 1.54 units didn't do fantastic um trying to think of what we missed lamar jackson we'll get into that didn't hit his rushing yards uh george kittle put him on a milk carton and then I think that's it. Oh, Christian McCaffrey was a half yard short of his receptions. Here's what I've learned. He, he was a half yard short of receptions. He or half reception. catch short. Half a catch. A, yeah, he, but here's what I've learned gambling this postseason. I can't hit a straight bet to fucking save my life no, in the NFL. No, can't hit a straight wrong bet. on every single one. I, I bet I, I bet Ravens like the Ravens. On, yeah. Oh, sorry. I hit Lions on Sunday because I bet Lions plus seven. Barely. We had the Packers Barely. in the in the divisional round. Bucks. So I'm. But I'm just saying, like for the like, I put a I put a hefty amount on the Ravens. I put fifty bones on the Ravens, and they did not even like. Yeah. Yeah. So Yucky. in this game, the uh, as you all know, Chiefs won seventeen ten. Jarrett texted us after like the first three scores and was like, oh, what a banger of a game. Could have probably fell asleep after that and not yeah. and just watch the highlights because there weren't many <laughs> after that. I want to say, if we go back to two weeks ago when we were talking to the division round, I, I think I called the Chiefs winning and going to the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure. I said You did because I was yeah. thinking about stupid, that during that game. Your stupid conspiracy. That's the only yeah. reason why. You, you ruined it. You you're, you, you manifested say, this. You didn't say <laughs> I think they're gonna go because they're good enough. You just <laughs> said that they're gonna go because the NFL needs this, which to be fair can go hand in hand. But yeah. you didn't predict it, predict them to go because they're good. Um, no, also, I didn't. Did I you just guys said... see without getting too ahead of myself because part of that is the whole fucking storyline with the Chiefs that in Canada you can bet on whether or not Travis Kelsey will propose at the end. I of the game. I, I called this. I told I looked turned to my wife after the game. I said. I said, listen, the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl because it's I, because the world loves to see me be miserable with sports. The Chiefs are going to win the Super uh, Bowl, 
and he's gonna post her. I can, I can, I, I see, I can see. You know, uh, I just can't. Even. Fucking One Tree Hill Friday Night Lights bullshit, all wrapped into one. The, the only thing, uh, not the only thing, but what I find funny is that we, I will say, we have been on this on this wagon for quite some time now. But it's nice to see the entire world coming around and just hating the Chiefs. They are the New England Patriots of the last decade. Either die a hero or you see yourself live long enough to come to become the villain. My God, I butchered yeah. that. Sorry. <laughs> you, did, you did it good enough. Uh, yeah, and it's here's the thing. Like, It was actually funny. Like, I do see all these boomers getting mad. Like, I don't care they show Taylor Swift on TV. They show all types of like wives and girlfriends. They showed her for like a for like 32 seconds on Sunday. And people were like, Yeah, I, I want I tune into a football game to watch the football game. And I'm like, dude, she's on fucking TV for 30 seconds. Chill the fuck out. I'm not I'm not tired of so much of that, just the storyline in general and the amount that ESPN and all and Fox and all these places are just posting about it and posting I would, about it. I'm like, I, we understand. I would, rather, I would rather see her than Brittany Mahomes. So I will take that trade-off every <laughs> yeah. day of the week. So um, well, that, I think to your point, Travis, that I was going to say when Jarrett mentioned that is I agree. Like, I don't care that she's on my TV, just the same as when they show a fucking Spike Lee during Knicks games and things like that. Um, but to your point, Travis, it's just the constant obsession over it. Like, we don't see Spike Lee getting Instagram posts and Twitter posts and look at what Spike Lee just did after the game to Carmelo Anthony. Like, no, it's it's literally everything after the fact during the game i could give a shit less show taylor swift again i'd rather see her like you said than Brittany mahomes or jackson mahomes or anything else so but yeah, i'd rather see jason after. if we're being honest but exactly yeah. shirtless <laughs> yeah. jumping on tables drinking out of bowling balls absolutely <laughs> but the yeah the storyline is ridiculous um and just it's just shoved down our throats but to talk about the chiefs ravens games we got a little bit off track there um it was not going full blown conspiracy, but it was a little weird how Lamar Jackson had clear pockets, cleaned cleared out linebackers, and just never ran the ball. Yep. Even Odell Beckham I, told him to run the ball on the sideline. So he I heard something on the radio yesterday about this, and somebody was like, "They don't know if the Ravens just had a weird game plan for this game that was like." Uh, Lamar Jackson is just not going to run the ball or we really want him to focus on the pass game this game because we think we have a better shot. But like to your point, he had so many opportunities to run and just never took them. And it seemed like it wasn't his decision to do so. It seemed like Bro. he literally was told you can't do this. And so Bro. he never ran. Listen, if the most high, the most prolific passing offense the entire year couldn't throw on the Chiefs, the Dolphins in, 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 the, in the wild card round, you're not going to do it. So I don't understand that logic at all. I mean, Lamar Jackson's been a fine enough passer this year, but he's not going to carve up a defense where, you know, the when the Miami Miami Dolphins couldn't, when, um, you know, the fucking Buffalo Bills really couldn't either. Josh Allen ran rampant that game against against the against the Chiefs, um, and they could have won um, if it were not for Tyler Ass. So, um, and there's there just I think they ran the ball like seven times in the second half. That's it. Or maybe yeah, all they game. ran it. They ran it. Uh, I think it was. N- no, it was definitely not all game because Lamar Jackson had nine runs himself. Their running backs the only designed had runs. seven designed rushing yeah. attempts all game is what I think it was. Yeah. 
and I'm, the, you're not you ha, you have to run the ball to open up the passing game, especially with a quarterback. I'm going to say it. Who has a limited passing skill set like like Lamar Jackson? Like your threat there is that you have to hit the defense to bite down to commit to stopping the run, and then once you do that, then you can get Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham up over the top. You know, get him in, in some in some pockets of, of, of a zone defense. I don't know what it was. They marched right down the field on that first drive and scored at ease, and just didn't do it the rest of the game. Well, yeah. he also had a on that first drive, like a massive run and that, but he like stopped, like he was literally side by side with the defender running down the field and just stopped and yeah, tried to like juke weird. him out. I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't, something was really weird about it. Uh, and then the, the storyline, you know, hung tight with the Sean Smith and calling all the ridiculous penalties that he does against uh, home teams. Um, because that was a huge thing. They did call a lot of extracurricular shit against the Ravens, Mm -hmm. which was a little weird because we had talked about it either way. um, Oh, I want to ask you guys something because saw Joe Burrow posted on social media after the Zay Flowers big gain and the taunting. And I saw some unpopular slash popular opinions that people were like, let them taunt. Mm-hmm. Like the taunting shouldn't be, you shouldn't have to call that. You shouldn't call that in such a high stakes game. I'm like, well, it's a don't rule. Don't be stupid. That's <laughs> right. It's a rule. I mean, like you don't, you can't do it all year long. Don't do it in the fucking most important game of the season. It's simple as that. To, to, to me, I think that boiled down to a rookie mistake. Like I think if Odo Beckham catches that pass, I don't think Odo Beckham does that. I yeah, think he gets up. He does. <laughs> he does little. He does. Odo does a little first down thing. He put and mm-hmm. then he walks away from the ball. He doesn't taunt the defender. Like celebrate, do all you want. You cannot taunt the defender like Zay Flowers did. Um, and so no, I don't think that's that was an egregious penalty. That was just a fucking dumb rookie mistake. And in, in in my opinion, so yeah, I mean that was it was textbook taunting. Threw him off of him. Dropped the ball. Yeah. Flexed over the top of him. Yeah, and then bumbled on the hat. Two. Two, you're 165 pounds. Quit flexing over people, and then you fucking fumble on the next play. By literally, just go down. You have you have Lamar Jackson. You have fucking Gus Edwards on the one yard line. Just yep. you're compound the rocket. What are you trying to do there, man? What are you fucking doing, dude? I get it, but I want to have a conversation about Lamar Jackson because <clears throat> he complained every step of the way. Like, I need my contract. They gave him his contract. I need weapons. They drafted Zay Flowers. They went out. They went out and got Odell Beckham. They got Isaiah Likely. They got Mark Andrews. Like they got his weapons. They have a great defense. At what point do we look at Lamar Jackson and be like, "You are not built to win in the playoffs"? He's two and four in the playoffs. His he's thrown six touchdowns, six interceptions. The two he's never won a game in the playoffs where. Um, like both actually both of his wins, his defense only gave up like I think it was thirteen or sixteen points max in both of the wins that he's won. So I mean I at some point you go, we have that conversation, Sean Malone, about Lamar Jackson and his inability to uh to to win in crunch time. It's there. I mean, it's definitely there. It's also there with another guy who's I think he's probably a better quarterback, but you could have the same conversation with Josh Allen. Uh, which I've heard a lot of talked about last week. Yeah. I was going to say, I've heard a lot of conversations this week alone about Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and the similarities between the two in regards to the regular season and then the playoffs and being able to 
you know, light up the field during the regular season and then just kind of disappear during the playoffs when it matters the most. And we saw that with both of them this year alone. Yeah. So interesting um, uh, how the MVP goes out and just completely shit his hand at home in the, the conference championship game. The one thing I want to say before we jump to the Niners game, um, because it goes hand in hand with them, is something I heard this week too that I think is just very telling of how Lamar Jackson's game was and the game plan with the Ravens is on a week where Lamar Jackson ran the ball like Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy ran the ball like Lamar Jackson. (laughs) And so while one of them stepped up and did what they needed to do when the opportunities presented themselves with open field and tons of space, one of them decided to take advantage of that. And the other one decided that he was just going to run around in the pocket, throw the ball away, make bad passes. I don't know, but yeah, they, they literally switched roles this week. I got I to gotta give my flowers to Brock Purdy. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks would have fucking folded in the position he was in. I'm not saying he's an MVP. I'm not saying he's like the best quarterback to grace the the the, the field. But he made big-time plays down the stretch when a lot, a lot – I think I think there's only a few quarterbacks in the league that would have done what he did on Sunday. Um, ran the ball, scrambled, extended plays. I don't I, – I like Brock Purdy because he's a smaller-statured quarterback. Um it has a lot going against him. Um, I don't think he's the best, like I said, but I got, I got to give props to him because I mean, that was what he did on Sunday whenever his team needed him the most. It was, it was impressive. Well, he did it again. He did also did it against the Packers too. Yeah. It just comes yeah. out late, kind of semi lays an egg in the first half. And then second half, they go out and they get, you know, get the job done. So they won 34, 31 in a Detroit heartbreak. Um, Yet again, you got Eminem up in the box, mouthing fans, talking shit on him. If you didn't see that, flipping people off. I'm like, brother. That was awesome, though. <laughs> um, so the, I think the main storyline that we got to talk about here is Dan Campbell. I mean. Dan Gamble. Because um, I just – what are you doing, dude? Like, he literally – and I will, I will fight this to death of me. No one – be taking the blame on that loss other than him. I don't care that Josh Reynolds dropped those passes. It is all his fault. All his fault. Yeah, Goff, Goff missed that one throw on, on the fourth down attempt too. Like he had that guy wide open in the pocket and kind of threw it behind him. I can't remember who it was. Was it JMO? I think it might have been JMO on that second fourth down play. He threw it behind him a little bit. But still, Michael Badge was on the sideline like looking bewildered. Like what the fuck are we doing here? Like why am I not coming out there to it? Like – First attempt, fine. I get it. Although I don't because they're only down three and they go for it on fourth down when they're in field goal territory. Tie the fucking game. Just tie it up. Like get some momentum back. Get get the win back in your sails a little bit. Um, well, the man. the one they the when going for it on fourth down, you're up fourteen for like a mid forties kick to extend it to go up three scores. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, like I get, I get. I get maybe if you're if it's fourth and goal and like the three or four and you want to try to punch no. it in, then you don't want to kick a 20 yarder makes a little bit more sense. But from like the 30, I also don't get the third, the third and goal play call when they ran oh. it when they only had when they had three timeouts and they had to burn a timeout. And he, the fact that Dan Campbell told his team like this, like at, in the locker room after the game, he said, This was, a, I think this is our only shot, like this, this is our only shot, like. What the fuck are you talking about? You got a young team. 
got Amon Ra, you got you know Jamison Williams. Why would he say Jameer Gibbs? Like, why would he say something like that? So he said that. One, yeah, he said that. He said he said I feel like this was our only shot. Yeah. So one thing that I wanted to mention that you guys haven't mentioned yet wasn't necessarily the play calls, but it was the inconsistency with the play calls. They kicked the field goal at the end of the first half to go up three scores. So he From made like on a fourth three. down, and it was like a fourth and two, fourth and three, whatever it was, and chose to kick the field goal to go up three scores instead of going for it. Then he turns around in the second half and has a fourth and one, or sorry, it was a fourth and two, and decides to go for it instead of kick the field goal, and that one was only like a 32-yarder. The one that was 48 yards, bad situation, I still would have kicked it. I get why he might not have. Michael Badgley only kicked in three games this year. Hasn't but to been tie the game, you have kicker. to. And exactly. That's why I'm like, I don't get it. I get it from a perspective of if you're looking at it and you're like, I don't think my kicker is going to make that kick, then sure, I can understand the back and forth. But the second one, to not go up three scores, it was when it was 24 to 10. They the uh, Niners came out, kicked field goal to start the half. You get the ball back. You drive down the field. You've got a fourth and two. And again, I think it was like either a mid-30s to low-40s kick. You have to take those points. That changes the entire outcome of the game. You had already made the decision in the first half that you were going to take the points instead of go for it. So why be inconsistent and to say like, you know, that you are that aggressive coach and you have been all season long. I get that. But then to be inconsistent in your decision-making makes me raise some questions of why, why suddenly did you change your game plan when you were doing it in the first half and it was working? It would have been, it was fourth and two at the 28. It would have been a 45 yarder. They passed up on, which I feel more comfortable with that than a 48 yarder. Even Yeah. I mean, next one would have been a 47 yarder, but again, yeah, the inconsistency, one, if you're going to do it, do it in the first half. And then you come out, instead of going up three scores, you go for it. Instead of tying up the game, you go for it. And then, like Jared said, to to call a run play on third down and go with a minute left when you have – when you need you those timeouts. timeouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you have to get the onside kickback. And you can't, you can't get an onside kickback in the NFL, which I think is called for – and I don't know. There's not a whole lot of discussion about this, but I think it should be discussed – the XFL rule. The, uh, the XFL rule. Yeah. Where it's like I, fourth and 10 on your own 25 or whatever. Yeah. Another fourth 15, 15, I think. Yeah. 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 Another big point that I would make too. And I, and I also get why they did what they did too. So I'm not arguing that it was the wrong choice. I just think there was a better choice is when they got into field goal range with a minute 57 on the clock, you're down 10. Kick it. I kick, kick the field it. goal then yeah. because you have yep. two minutes, three timeouts. You don't have to kick an onside kick. Um, you don't have to waste three or four plays to try to get it into the end zone. You kick it, you make the field goal, and then you go, you try to get a stop, or you go for the onside kick and then try to get a stop. I don't, I don't know, whatever you is most comfortable for you. Yeah. But you have a chance. They didn't give themselves that chance. I, I, I was yelling. I'm glad they did the route they did because I ended up covering and like <laughs> plus seven would have been a push, which I would have taken at that point in time in the day. But I was yelling at TV. I was like, why are we not just kicking it? Like once you get in golf, got his yards, <laughs> golf did get his yards. But once you yeah. get in a comfortable field goal range, like to your point, Ethan, just like kick the fucking ball. Cause I can't guarantee you they would have stopped the Niners. I think, I think they were shutting down a, Christian McCaffrey pretty well for majority of the game. They were, I don't, I don't think the Niners, they would have tried to run it twice and they would have done some fucking little bootleg. Like, 
they would have got a bootleg. It. Yeah, and they uh, Kittle or somebody would have came across on like a three yard like crossing route, dumped it to him. They would have ran it for first down. Like that's probably what would, what would have happened. They probably wouldn't have got the stop. But at least you have your three timeouts. Or let's go back to that. Not fucking running on third down. Right. Go get a passing play. If you get it, great. If not, cool. Then you kick. Then you hit the field goal from the three yard line, wherever the hell you were at, a twenty something yarder, and. Then you try you you know onside kick or get get a stop like it just it it, it screamed to me a lot of inexperienced inexperienced coach in that in that situation it was very Travis I mean, if Mike when Mike McDaniel when and if Mike McDaniel ever gets to his first big playoff game like that he's gonna make dumb decisions just like fucking uh, Dan, Dan Campbell, Campbell did I I think it's just inexperienced coaching that's what it boiled down to because if we look at who's in the Super Bowl right now. Like John Harbaugh didn't really have much control, but it's Andy Reid, been there a million times, and uh, Kyle Shanahan, who's been there a hundred times too. So that's I will say. I will say this about the the Super Bowl matchup, though. As much as we everyone in the world wanted to see the Lions in it, I do think that the 49ers match up way better against the Chiefs. Than the Lions do against the Chiefs for sure, but the 49ers, let's let's not. They should they could have very easily lost both their games on their way to here. Whereas the sometimes Chiefs, that's, sometimes that's all you need though. You just need that that postseason luck. You just need to squeak by the freaking chin on your or hey, chin on your hair, hair on your chin, and just get into the Super Bowl, and then you very win. Much, yes. I mean, just just like Eli Manning and the Giants when they. Beat the undefeated Patriots. I mean, they every just single like, game they had that playoffs. Like just like the Eagles when the Bears did the double doink. Yeah, Man, and let's not uh, let's not forget. And not that it makes a huge difference in the Super Bowl, but this is almost a home game for the Niners too. Vegas is not that far away, whereas the Chiefs are traveling halfway across the country. So gonna, again, I don't think that's a big difference, but no. I'm just saying that it's they're gonna have fans that travel probably pretty well. Do you see the price of tickets? No. Fifty-five thousand dollars is the cheapest ticket you can get this week. Stop. Fifty-five k, bro. So maybe it won't matter. There's just gonna be a bunch of rich that's, people in the seats that don't that's care about what, That's what we talked about this hundred times. Yeah, about the Super Bowl. Like real fans aren't there. Yeah, it's it's a celebrity, especially with it being in Vegas this year. It's a celebrity event. Yeah. Next year in New Orleans, it might be a little bit different. Um, my father-in-law went to. The Rams Super Bowl, whenever they played in Atlanta, and he said like it was semi affordable then, it was still expensive. But um, he's like, now there's no way in hell because like I, as a fan, unless I'm uber confident that my team's gonna make that run, like I'm not buying tickets beforehand. You know, no, no way in yeah. hell. I wonder, what, I wonder what tickets were at the start of the season. You could have bought packages. They, they released Super Bowl package tickets like I think a, a month after this after the season ends. And like I was looking at this, it was like March of last year. You could have bought like an all inclusive like if you want to take a group of four to the Super Bowl for t- like it was like a whole package of like round trip flights, hotel for two or three nights, and the tickets to the game for like four people. It was like twenty five k. But for that's for four people for like that's round not- trip, yeah, and the like, tickets to the game. Imagine what the hotel flights. prices are like in Bro. Vegas right now. Yeah. In no. like there's there's no way. They're thousands I'd, of dollars. Have to be. I'd be staying in some crack shack out in the desert and freaking <laughs> getting going to fucking needles. Honey honey bunny's whorehouse way out in fucking <laughs> Reno, fucking forty five miles away. Staying in fucking Trevor's house in GTA, that's where I'd be. 
Yes. That's what George Kittle looks like. Trevor from GTA 5. We're watching the game. Carly goes, who is that? So that's George Kittle. She goes, why is he so ugly? I'm like, that's just how he is. He's ugly. And just the hair is just greasy. the hair is what does it for me. Yeah. So yeah. we talked about Taylor Swift a little bit. I I got to give like Kyle Yushchuk's wife the fuck and some of the outfits that she makes are are fucking insane. Have you seen those? Mm-hmm. I think they're hideous. They're I mean it's it's, it's style. But, I think they're I mean, kind of dope. Yeah, I do. It's cool. She made it's cool. What she's able to do with the jersey, cool. like a puffer jacket. Yeah. Yeah. But did you see the boots that she had on for this past weekend? Yeah, ugliest no. things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> she was literally a use check jersey. Like, first of all, like how many use check jerseys does she like have that she just cuts up and fucking just like ruins to make these fucking outfits for? I think they got the money to for four to hundred. <laughs> but say maybe just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> well, that and she just she just signed an official merch deal with the NFL for next year. So, oh my God, so we're getting just you're gonna be able to buy a uh, Tyreek Hill like fancy vest. Puffer vest, yeah, for seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, Tyree Kill, recently, recently single. See that shit, dude. <laughs> Guy's a mess. Dude. I mean, he just got married, did he not? Yeah, he filed for divorce. They yeah. got married this year, though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Two, it was two like months, they've two, been married two like, months ago. Two yeah, months, two or three months. Yeah. Why? It's Tyree Kill, bro. Who knows. <laughs> He got another girl care. pregnant. It's the only thing I just, can imagine. Just keep, just keep catching passes. That's all I give a shit about. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So there's our championship round recap. Let's hop into Ethan's trivia extravaganza. All right, boys. I have got, I think, the best one I've done so far. And also, I mean, I've only done one other graphic, but by far the best graphic that I've done so far for this grid game. We are moving no. away. Or Ethan's trivia extravaganza. Ethan's the ETE, <laughs> not the CTE. Not, the not ETE. C- yeah. Everybody, tell everybody. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna lay down the rules of this one, and then I will show you guys the graphic. So we're not in the NFL today. Today, for you guys, we are in the UFC. I <laughs> am giving you each three strikes on this one, and I'm not budging. Um, I think that you guys could very well clear this board. There are a couple of tougher ones, but I need you to name me every fighter of every division that has held the belt for at least a thousand days. Okay. Okay. So, but for those of you who, cause Ethan told me earlier, for those of you who are just listening, you're at a little bit of disadvantage. If you know UFC because of Ethan's grid game or trivia extravaganza, we get the silhouettes. Yes, yeah. yes. Silhouettes, you also get the well, division and how long Travis, they held it. You'll have to post the actual video this time. You didn't do it last time, you little fucker. I know. Can I you, got caught up in a bunch of work. Can you pull it up week. on your screen like you did last time to where I can see it while I'm still looking at you all? I did that last time. To switch back and forth. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Hey, Travis, then can, I can, you, can you, can you hide the banner? Or maybe I can't. How did he, he drug his up last time? I didn't. All right, I'll hide the banner, I guess. But uh, women's too, okay. All right. Oh no, yeah, I can't see the bottom of it. You have to tr- slide yeah. down a little bit. There we go. What? Then the the class and the days are on the top of the person. Okay. So, Why don't you okay. save this as a picture and pull it up on your computer like that? Because I can't change the silhouettes if I do that. Okay, got it. Because I'll eventually reveal them. Um. All right. Who wants to go first? Three strikes. I'll go. I'll go first. 
Perfect. All right. Oh, you have to name. You can't just throw out. Yeah, you can't just throw out a name. You got to name your class. Yeah. Yeah. Featherweight, uh, Jose Aldo. Featherweight, which one? Or I guess there's only a women's feather. Or no, there's two featherweights up there. Give me the featherweight you're talking about. Uh, well, Jose Aldo. I don't know how many days he was exactly. Uh, shouldn't have to name the days. Should be fine. Yeah. No, I was just trying to give him shit because the other one is active. Because I put that little asterisk by it. Um, oh, yeah, just are active. Okay. I don't know if he is or not. I was just I don't know if he is. But anyways, you are correct. Oh, I hate that it's going to do that. Whatever. But there he is. There, you go. <laughs> there he is. Right. Sweet. There I will go. go with light heavyweight John Jones. That is correct. Let me make sure I have the right silhouette pictured before i uh decide to reveal somebody else all right there we go john jones is correct all right uh i'm going to go looking around here i'm just looking at all 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 the weights here i'm gonna go welterweight kamaru usman that is correct. At 1,267 days. Mm-hmm. Make sure I, again, yep. reveal the correct person. Kamaru. Okay. I've got middleweight Israel Adesanya. Mm-hmm. Correct. At 1,134 days holding the belt. I think that's the one. I mean, there's a couple on here, but that is the one silhouette that I almost could picture without so yeah. these. Because every fighter looks so generic when they're silhouetted. <laughs> I'm going to go another welterweight here, George St. Pierre. Correct. Um, at 2,064 days, you have George's St. Pierre. <laughs> Gorgeous. Uh, I will go the flyweight next to him. It is Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Absolutely, it is. Good pull. Good pull. Um, I'm going to go. It shouldn't have been this long, but it is. Uh, lightweight is uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Oh, my God. This is Khabib. It is at 1077 yeah. days. It is with Khabib a ton of t- Nurmagomedov with a ton of fucking inactive streaks. It was laid off for like a year. I got bottom right uh women's bantam weight. That is Valentina Bullet Shevchenko. Bottom right, you said? Yeah, right. Um, I'm gonna give it give it to you because you got the fighter, but that is not the correct silhouette. Oh, um, is it not her? It is. Oh, sorry. Women's flyweight. Women's flyweight. Is the Ooh, belt. You got the wrong weight class and everything, but that's fine. For 1,540s. But you did name the fighter, so I'll give it to you. All right. I am going to go... Hmm. <laughs> Try to move this. I'm going to go women's. So, I mean, it's either or. She's bantamweight yeah, and featherweight, but but it's Amanda Nunez. Yeah. 
Correct. So Travis, do you want the other one? <laughs> I will. I'll take the other one because that's who I was going to go with next. I she almost has, did two different photos, but uh, I could not find two silhouette photos that would work for this. So there you I go. think this no, it's not her because she fucking. Oh, it's the other woman's bandway is fucking Ronda Rousey. Correct. At one thousand and seventy-four days. Um. These last four, these last few. Pretty sure, middleweight. The last middleweight for the men's we have is, uh, um, God damn it, why, why am I drawing blank on the name? I had the name in my head, um, Anderson Silva. Correct. Yeah. Longest, longest streak, or not streak, I guess, but most days with the belt held of anybody. So the light heavyweight held it for 1,315 days. That's Daniel Cormier. Sure is. Big head Daniel Cormier. Mm, I'm going to go on a stretch here. I don't know if he had it for this long. The Bantamweight. Last minute is Bantamweight. I'm going to say Dominic Cruz. You are correct. 1,117 days. You guys are still missing the active streak, which is crazy to me, but. I guess I the, I mean, the, the first one pulled. Oh, the, that's the, 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 fe, the featherweights, Alexander Volkanovsky. Correct. Yep. All right. You're going to so clear the board. One is the last light heavyweight who's not active. It's tough. I've had it for that long. Um, I know who it is. Light heavyweight. I can only imagine that he had it for the amount of time that John Jones was out. Or pre, or it's. I think it's before John Jones had it. Well, that was pre UFC days. Mm-mm. UFC goes goes back to like 1998, bro. Was it pre John Jones? Give me a hint. It was pre John Jones. You want, me, you want me to tap in? I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Go. I don't know if he was light heavyweight or heavyweight, or if he's even the right division. Frank Mir. Incorrect. That is okay. Jarrett, can you clear the board? It is Tito Ortiz. It is Tito Ortiz. Fantastic work, honestly. I mean, they're all notable names. Obviously, or they wouldn't have held a belt for oh, a thousand one, days. But oh, uh. That was nice. I uh, I saw a quiz on Sporkle. If you guys know what Sporkle is, oh yeah, yes. no, I was about to say. And it, the the quiz was, can you name every fighter that has held the belt for at least a thousand days? And I was like, ooh, I wonder if I could do this. I will let you know right now. Out of the sixteen that are on there, I got seven. <laughs> so, That's not bad. Though. Not, bad. not too bad. bad. I got, the the um, silhouettes helped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, and. I got like the ones that I just knew right away. I knew John Jones was on there. I knew Amanda Nunez was on there. Um, I think I got, um, oh my God, it was another, it was Izzy. I got Izzy. I don't remember what the, oh, Khabib. Khabib. Did you get Aldo? No. Oh man, he, he <laughs> fucking ran. Even got, Aldo but. ran, I think he has the, well, he ran that division until Connor knocked him out, like ran it for years. Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, yeah, good one. I uh, 
thought it was a nice little graphic that I made there too. That's good. You know, make it a little easier than just a fucking white box with some names in it, but. Sweet. Well, there you have that one. If you're not in the UFC, sorry, that one was probably less fun for you, but I could, I could probably clip that and put that on TikTok. I bet like that entire group just did. That was probably under five minutes. Yeah, probably. I think so. Yeah. yeah. We can go up to 10 now. So, so oh, yeah. Than that. That's right. um, Hell yeah. All right. So we'll roll into our NFL awards, the ones that are given out by us. Um, we'll kick it off first. MVP, which is a, probably the most controversial of the. Especially awards. with the odds. Yeah, it's, yeah. It the, is, well, the odds, the odds right now. I don't think there's anyone that's under minus two hundred. So, yeah, but last uh, I saw, Lamar Jackson's like minus five thousand or something. I know. I, I I was saying of any of all these yeah. awards, like everyone's yeah. like a clear cut favorite, which I hate. Um, obviously, Lamar Jack. We're not. We're not obviously picking who who we think is going to win. It's who we would pick as yeah, our our MVP, players. our defensive player of the year. Blah blah blah. All right, Ethan, who is your MVP of these five finalists? Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Dak Prescott, or Brock Purdy? So for me, it was almost pretty easy, and I think it's just because, again, it's a regular season award, and I think it's of what he did in the regular season to kind of elevate his team, and it was Dak Prescott for me. I just feel like that what he did with the Cowboys this year – with all of the, you know, people for years now have been talking like, is Dak a good quarterback? Is Dak an elite quarterback? Can Dak do good things, I guess, with the Cowboys? Can he take them to the next level? And I get they got trounced in the playoffs, but from a regular season perspective, he lit up the stat sheet. Him and CD Lamb were automatic, it almost felt like, for the last 13 weeks of the season. Um, and he put up by far MVP numbers, and I would argue, like we're arguing right now, that he put up way better numbers than Lamar Jackson did just from a statistical perspective. Half the league put up better passing numbers than Lamar Jackson. So that's not, we we talked about this Two was responsible for more yards and more touchdowns than Lamar Jackson was. So, I mean, that's, that's my whole argument with it. Um, For me, it's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, anytime you would go to bet on uh, Christian McCaffrey, anytime touchdown part prop, you had to get two plus for it to be any value. For a guy that's that's that automatic to get in the end zone to me, like that elevates you. Like take Christian McCaffrey off the Niners. Like what do they look like? I don't think they're half or they're a shell of the team. What they are, like that's been my argument for years. Is like if you took that player off the team, what do they look like? Granted, I know if you take if you take Lamar Jackson off the Ravens, I think you, if you put a passing quarterback in that offense, a true passing quarterback, they probably still do some damage. Will they, do they win the division? Do they get the number one seed? Probably not. They still make the playoffs. I think Christian McCaffrey is just so valuable to that team. It's it's insane. Like I don't think Brock Purdy has the year he has without Christian McCaffrey in that offense. Yes, you still have Brandon Ayuk. Yes, you still have Debo Samuel and George Kittle. But again, the dude you had to bet on two plus touchdowns to even get any value out of him. To me, that just shows how valuable he was to, to that offense. I yeah, I mean he's no doubt about it. He's one of the best running backs in the last for however long, but I was looking at his stats. Um, it didn't impress me much in terms of like yeah. all time. Uh, it's funny. Cause I was, I, I was going through it earlier today. Jim Nance had a season in 1966 where he had one less rushing yard this year than Christian McCaffrey. Believe it or not. 
fun fact today. Um, mine, I think, just to go off a different track because mine was down between Dak or this guy, I picked Josh Allen. Um, he turned his team around. He was responsible for, which blew my mind, this stat, 15 rushing touchdowns this year. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wild. Um, turn the season around. You take Josh Allen off that team. They are, <laughs> yeah. I don't even think they have a winning record. Six and 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. We came up with three people out of the five that we think deserve it. And the one that's not going to, and none of them are going to win it, nope. <laughs> which is crazy. So now we, now we go into offensive player of the year, which this one is a little bit lopsided um, in terms of the odds of one guy, but we've got Tyreek Lamar, Christian McCaffrey, CD Lamb, and Dak Prescott. So some of the same. For me, it's hard to like, I can't pick Christian McCaffrey with an MVP and not pick him to win this award. Adrian Peterson did. I know. I, I, in, in all bias aside, Tyree Kill didn't play one game this year, still put up the numbers he did, um, was having a, a historic season. Again, you take Tyreek off the Dolphins, like, what does that offense look like? I know they still probably put up points, still do well, but I just think his ability to, like, change the game in one in one play like you can hit Tyreek Hill down the field for 50 yards and it changes the entire complexity of the game um is he is he the favorite to win it no it's Christian McCaffrey yeah so I mean it, it, I didn't want to be vanilla and pick CMC both but I'm gonna go with Tyreek yeah. Hill then that's fair I had Christian McCaffrey just because of obvious reasons we talked about I think Ethan probably did too I did I would I would give my one argument against why I wouldn't pick Tyreek Hill, but how badly I wanted to is because had he not done what he did the last three games of the season, yeah. it would have been a blowout offensive player yeah. or offensive. Yeah. Offensive player of the year, but he only finished 50 receiving yards ahead of CD lamb. Um, I believe CD lamb's touchdowns were either the same or greater. So it's like by the time it was all said and done, he kind of just blended into the the top yeah. three receivers when instead of standing himself out like he was the entire year, which is why yeah. it kind of fell off for me. Yeah, he definitely yeah, those off. last three games were disgusting for him for sure. Yeah. So that really hurt. Uh, I think I think that ankle injury was a little more intense than what everyone let on. So yep. I'd imagine. Uh, defensive player of the year. We've got Deron Bland, Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, and TJ Watt. I'm interested to hear this one from you guys. For me, it's down to two. I, I have two guys out of those five that, to me, are in the running. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys go first, and I'll go last. Ethan? Well, okay, then. Um, defensive player of the year for me was tough. Um, I think... I didn't really have like an exact pick, but I think it's hard to not go with Miles Garrett just because of what he did for that Browns defense. Um, I'm telling you, I'm not going to give it to this. This was kind of how I was going to lead into this is I'm not giving it to Deron Bland. I don't care what that dude did. The dude got eight up for the rest of the season when he wasn't returning pick sixes. Um, I just don't think he made a big enough impact outside of that to be worthy of it. But I feel like um, Miles Garrett's just presence on that line for the Browns with how dominant their defense was, I think he was a game changer for them. And more impactful for his team. So I will tell you that Miles Garrett is the favorite to win it, but I I really struggle to see how because mine is TJ Watt. Yep. He had 19 sacks on the year. Um, five more than Miles Garrett. He had he had more literally in every single category 
than Miles Garrett did, who is the odds-on favorite. Eight pass deflections, a pick, four forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, and one for a touchdown. Um, outrageous in my mind. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Game. I told you I didn't know enough about <laughs> yeah. all of these guys. Um, so, yeah. I was, I was down. Travis said that he – that. TJ Watt had five more sacks. I think Max Crosby's wildly underrated in this category as well. I mean, Max Crosby's a dog. He's like, if you watch a Raiders game, that fucker is in on every single play. Every play is in the backfield. He's disrupting things like, like stat sheet wise, it doesn't always show up, but he's back there and being a menace. But for me, it's TJ Watt. Max Crosby was my was my second was my second pick there. So I mean, nineteen sacks. It's insane. Unbelievable. I mean, Guy who's also getting overlooked. A little bit as Trey Hendrickson, who had 17 and a half sacks, and Josh yeah. Allen from the Jags, who also had 17 and a half sacks. Yeah. Um, but I think the name value from the Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons is what got them in there. Uh, I'm not to say they didn't have a phenomenal year by any means, but TJ Watt, I think, might get robbed here. I, th- I think TJ Watt, it's like they kind of everyone expects that at TJ. I think two, was it two, three years ago, he had like 23 and a, 23 and a half sacks or something like that. Like I think we're like, oh, that's just a normal year for TJ Watt. It's still absurd to have 19 sacks. Like a sack a game? Come on. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. All right. Offensive rookie of the year. We've got Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, Puka Nakua, Bijan Robinson, and CJ Shroud. This one's easy. Hard to not go with the obvious one here. Yeah, it's easy. It's Puka. CJ Shroud. Oh, I like I think Puka. I so for me, I think it's hard to not take Puka. Just because he broke all the rookie receiving records, yeah. but yeah. CJ Stroud also broke the rookie passing records, and also missed what was it two games? He missed CJ Stroud yep. missed two games, and they yeah. so they came. So. He it's kind of like they both came into the league at a bad time because it's like if you have you know stellar performances from each player as a rookie, the quarterback's always going to win it. My thing with Puka is he did that with Cooper Cup in the offense. Like he still got all that volume, did all that damage. I know I know Cooper missed like four or five games, but for a lot of the time, Cooper was still in that offense and Matt Safford, he was the preferred target. So to me, if you step in and you take over and you become the clear clip number one over over Cooper Cup, who won a Super Bowl MVP. Did he win the MVP that year? Yeah, he did, right? The one they won the Super Bowl? Cooper Cup did? Super Bowl I think so. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. So to, if you step in and you and you overtake the offense from a Super Bowl MVP, like to me, that's impressive. Like CJ Stroud's going to win. Not, it, but... You don't have to defend yourself. I'm not saying yeah. you're wrong. They're very yeah. close. I think the odds are heavily skewed because again, you're going up against the quarterback. Yeah, it's just hard to not take CJ Stroud. So I went vanilla. I'm assuming Ethan did the same. I did, yeah, and it was for all the reasons that you said. Is that when you take and also I think it's important to note with this one is the, the team, dude took the, the helm of a three win team and brought them to the playoffs and won a playoff game as a rookie and put with a four thousand yards, only five picks, like with a rookie, with a rookie head, coach. head coach. Yep, no oh, yeah. no backfield whatsoever in my opinion. Their running backs were yeah. dog shit this year, and he just and yeah. no name wide receivers until about midway yeah. through the season. Nobody knew who Tank Dell was. Nobody really cared about Nico, Nico Collins Rose. except for us. Um, nobody cared about yeah. Noah Brown except for us. Like, yeah. and he did that with them and Dalton Schultz. Yeah. My God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's, I'm, I'm, I'm going against the grain on a lot of these because I'm just like, oh, no, I, Hey, that's, you, you know, you kind of, 
You kind of have to. I was really debating also taking Puka, but I was like, eh, yeah. I won't go. I won't stray that far off of it. This next one is one that I didn't really do a whole lot of looking into just because I didn't care. His defensive rookie of the year, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Joey Porter Jr., Kobe Turner from the Rams, I think, and Devon Witherspoon. I don't know a ton about it either, but I think that I think it's going to go to Jalen Carter probably, if I had to guess. He is the favorite. Yeah. I mean, he was disruptive. I mean, he I was getting double teamed as a rookie. Stat-wise, yes. I, stat. That's what I was going to say. Is stat, it just like stat-wise, it's hard to argue. Again, also a playoff team, also on a team that wasn't expecting to have success and had a lot of success, whereas I feel like the Eagles defense underperformed, um, which I know that you can't put all that on him, but I'm just saying when you're a part of that process, um, I feel like Will Anderson stood out to me more. But, yes, he probably yeah. won. To me, Jalen Carter was also on a playoff team, but he was drawing double teams as a rookie. Like, if you're getting that much attention to our offensive lines are literally game planning around a rookie defensive tackle, to me, that's yeah. uber impressive. And it just goes to show, like, how how big of a skill set you have. So that was my big thing there. It's like, yes, that-wise, he may not have, like, shown up in the, in the stat sheet, but he was affecting games by people game planning around him. He still had six sacks, which is impressive. I know Will Anderson yeah. had – Seven, but but Will Anderson is uh, also an edge way. rusher, and, and fucking Carter's a defensive tackle. Like defensive tackles don't get sacks, really, you know. So it, it kind of depends on what uh, scheme system. you're in. Because yeah. I was looking at the Dolphins, and Zach Sealer had nine, and Christian Wilkins had eight, and that they led mm-hmm. the team. I know they had, mm-hmm. you know, defensive ends go down, but I still think they would have led the team regardless. Yeah. Um, so just, I guess it just kind of depends what what you're running. But yeah, I hear you. Um, comeback player of the year. This is controversial because we all know who it's going to go to, and we all will probably have different picks on who who it's going to. Damar Hamlin, Joe Flacco, Baker Mayfield, Matt Stafford, and Tua. I think it's Tua. All bias aside, I mean, the kid played 18 games, 19 games, 18 games this year, led the league in passing. Um, led the league in passer in, in, in completion percentage. Um, came back from a horrific injury. Joe Flacco being there, being there to me, like I'm hot take alert. Like I, I don't like it. You played half the season, and you kind of, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't really jive with that a whole lot. I think Tua deserves it. Demar Hamlin's going to win it, and he played like what five snaps all year, and and, he, and a big fourth down. Conver- or almost conversion <laughs> almost conversion yeah yeah no, it wasn't um, close i to me joe flacco deserves to be there i don't necessarily think he deserves to win it i think he deserves to be there because the dude came off the couch and put up video game numbers for five weeks and yeah. that there's something to be said about that now granted he folded when it mattered the most but again this is a regular season award um for me it's baker though the dude literally was just wrote off thrown off two different teams Basically said, like, you're done. You're going to be a backup in this league. The Bucks took him on. He competed for the job with Kyle Trask. He took it, and then he led his team to the playoffs and also got a playoff victory. Um, yeah. And, again, playoffs don't necessarily matter, but the dude put up good numbers this year, too. It's not like he was, you know, relying on his defense because his defense overall throughout the season kind of struggled, um, and he played well. So, I, I, for me, it's Baker. Yeah, for me, it's Baker as well, and I and here's the meaning of comeback player of the year. Uh Award given to a National Football League player who overcomes adversity to return to remarkable performance 
in the form of not being in the NFL the previous year, a severe injury, or simply poor performance. Um, so there's a few different factors that go into that. I don't think, yes, DeMar Hamlin, remarkable, but not yeah, a remarkable Corey, performance die. by any means. Yeah. I think Tua fits that mold more than DeMar Hamlin does. And and that's saying something because I get that DeMar Hamlin at a horrific incident on the field, injury, whatever you want to call it, that you know took him off the field for the rest of the season. Absolutely. But what I want to say is, and it goes back to it, comes back and you talk about making an impact. The dude made no impact on his team this year. Like mm-hmm. not not yeah. a not an, even a single little bit of an impact. Yeah. Tua, like you said, led the league in passing, put up video game-esque stats baker mayfield led his team to the playoffs for a team that you know was kind of written off after tom brady left and kept that team afloat put up really good numbers as well even joe flacco you know came off the couch was out of the league put up big numbers the second half of the season demar hamlin to me does not fit those categories so it just doesn't make sense to me other than just the story the storyline for the nfl yeah yeah it's uh it's unfortunate that that's, I mean, don't get me wrong. Happy for the guy that he was able to overcome that and get back into the league, but I don't really know if that's what the award is technically designed I mean, there's for. Th- we, I, we're I talking about stupid, but no, the, I, they, everyone's, you know, you don't sound stupid. Everyone said they needed to give him like a special, like, like almost like whenever you give like somebody at the Grammys, like a lifetime achievement award right. or something like that. Needs give to be him something. an NFL purple heart. Yeah. Some, God damn it. <laughs> But but no, they have the NFL awards now, like as an actual like, your ceremony football. type thing. So like, <laughs> oh my god! But yes, they they have like the NFL awards now. It's an actual show. They put it on. So like, yeah, you could definitely give him like some sort of award. That's like, hey, you just did this shit. Like you you weren't supposed to even be here, and you yeah. came back and you played football, but you didn't come back and play high level football. Yeah, yeah, or mean yeah. yeah, or even meaningful football. You came on the field. Like what, like four times this year, and you, it would be it would be interesting to see if he wasn't in it because I, I think it would be like a dead even odds between Baker, Joe Flacco, and Tua if it wasn't for Demar Hamlin. Like I don't know what their odds odds are like outside of Demar Hamlin those three, but I feel like that's the three everyone should argue about right there. Demar Hamlin this year, two tackles. That's it. That's the only stats on, on the season for DeMar Hamlin. Oh, Ready? and two yards rushing. Ready? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so, man. Then that wins the award. Um, but, yeah, so we'll go on to the next one, which is Coach of the Year, who is Dan Gamble, Harbaugh, Shanahan, D'Amico Ryans and Kevin Stefanski. Can I can I really fast tell you the two people who don't deserve to be on this list that I think we can all agree for? John Harbaugh and Kyle Shanahan. Why the fuck are they? They were supposed to do what they did. Like there was there was no making differences and making. If you took those two and took them off the teams, they still would have done what they did. I it's D'Amico Ryans. If he doesn't win this award, it's it's egregious by all counts. He is is he not the favorite? No, I don't think so. I do. I think that D'Amico Ryan's deserves it. Absolutely. But Kevin Stefanski had five quarterbacks and still took that team to an 11 and six record in the playoffs. That's 
and I get it. Like I think D'Amico Ryan's probably did more in the long run, but that team went through so much shit. They lost Nick Chubb for the season in the second game. Like, and they did. It was just crazy. And Stefanski's defense only allowed thirty points on the road every game. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, no shit. Tamiko Ryan's, I mean, you you won the division, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, circumstance like a three win team the year before. You've taken over a, sh- a shitty situation. Yeah, I, I so I don't know how he is not the odds on favorite in my opinion. I don't know what I don't know what circumstances we're looking at when we decide the awards, but <laughs> yeah, I think if either of them won it, I would be fine with the. Decision, I'd be fine with the fans, but yeah. um. But yeah, I mean, D- D'Amico did a whole lot as well, like you said, as a rookie head coach with a team that yeah. won three games last year. That's, That's something to be said too. Is the the Browns were good last year as well. Um, yeah, they may not have been as good as they were this year, and they may not have had to deal with as much as they did this year. But they were already good. The Texans were dog shit, so I could I could see an argument for either for sure. Yeah. And the last award that we're going to talk about is the assistant coach of the year. Ben Johnson, Lions OC, Mike McDonald's Ravens DC, Todd Munkin, Ravens OC, Jim Schwartz, Browns DC, and Bobby Slowick, Texans offensive coordinator. I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah, me either. Um, I will start off. I will say um, that I think that Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator, deserves it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Was he also I, I, the only one who was technically offered a head coaching job? He just didn't take it. Did any of the other ones get a head coaching job or offer? Mike McDonald's now the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. When did that happen? Today. Oh, I missed that. Wow. Okay. Is there so even a head coaching position open for Vrabel or Belichick? Belichick? The Titans. And Vrabel ain't going back. So Vrabel <laughs> may not have a head coaching job next year. Unless unless Andy Reid retires. And you know what? There's probably some inside bullshit to where he knows that's happening, and then he's just like waiting on sliding right yeah, in there. Yeah, slide right in there. Yeah. That, or, that or Belichick. Because there's no way he doesn't but, have a job next year. He might be a D.C. again, but there's no way he doesn't have a job. Come come on down to Miami, big fella. You could argue Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive corner, just because they were so good this year. Uh, I don't think Todd Munkin deserves it, especially after that. No, I know you don't want to deserve it or, or call it after one game, but that god awful game that was called in the AFC Championship game. Jim Schwartz's defense couldn't play on the fucking road, and yep. Bobby Slowick uh, insisted on running Devin Singletary nine hundred times this year. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> he did. I agree. Yeah, it it, no. it it should be it should be Ben Johnson for sure. So, yeah, I didn't know you didn't see the news about the Seahawks. That's why no, I, I missed that. I, didn't know that. I saw that old uh, Jeff Halfley. I don't know if I'm saying that right. The as the defensive Boston coordinator College. for the Packers now. We got him from Boston College. But granted, he yeah. was in the NFL for a long time before that as a defensive backs coach. So he's got some experience. I there's between having Brandon Staley, Mike Vrabel, and Belichick out there. Or granted, I know that the latter two are not likely to get as a def- as defensive coordinator but why are we taking the guy from boston college i don't know who who took i am the, who i am took, also who took the washington job oh my god what's his name i thought and ben johnson was like, was there. yeah but he turned it down i'm pretty they sure they hired somebody? somebody maybe they didn't maybe the commander's job's still open travis is searching it 
as am I. Um, no one. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So there's two spots open. So there, there's Vrabel and Belichick. <laughs> Vrabel to the commanders. Yeah, the he side. turned it down. Now their options are Aaron Glenn, Lions D coordinator. Um, Anthony Weaver, the Ravens associate head coach and D-line coach. Dan Quinn and Eric Bieniemy. Bienemy so, makes yeah. sense, right? Because he's already. Bienemy makes sense. Yeah. He, he's I thought that that's guy. why they, he went there in the first place. Is that yeah, right. just to be the heir. Yeah. So yeah. it would be silly not to. I am going to call and say that a, a few weeks ago, I said that I uh, didn't think that Bill Belichick coached another game again as a head coach. Yeah, you might be right. And I think yep. I called that because now his odds are like minus 1,600 to not be head coach next year. Next year, yeah. he could he could go the Urban Meyer route, sit out a year, do some TV work, and then come back and coach a horrendous Jaguars team. But I mean, I saw an unbelievable TikTok today that's stupid that I'm even mentioning this, but uh, <laughs> him and Tom Brady go to Michigan, and Tom Brady has a year eligibility left. Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> that, that guy's a fucking that guy's a fuck. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know, I'm just fucking around. Pick and pee. I, I hate that guy. I thought you were gonna say like Tom Brady, like as a coach or something, and like they tandem coach. But the year he's been retired a year of the NFL, he still had go back and play. Yeah. Um, all right, that was ridiculous, but I had to throw it out there for some laughs. We're gonna cover this last uh, fun little bit here. Something that Ethan brought up earlier. Our favorite five, the fave five QBs of all time. Now this is not best quarterbacks so don't think of it as that the ones who <clears throat> you think are electric <clears throat> to watch change the game um just someone that you would tune into tv for and your favorite five so obviously ones that you have watched in your life correct yep so ones yeah. that we've seen for me Fred quarterbacks do yeah yeah quarterbacks who to me are just fun to watch like i'm like oh i want to watch that guy play on sunday whether because they're electric because they're like changing the game or because they're just like must see TV. So are we going draft style or can we both have the same ones? Oh, we can both have the same one. Yeah. I, Cause okay. that was my thought is we'd probably have a couple of the same ones. Maybe not, yeah. but we'll see. I'll kick it I'm off. And I'll go five to one. Oh, you're going five to one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do my number one. I want to save right. my number one. I will go. I will go five. And this is a guy who has jumped around. Here's, here's a guy. guy. <laughs> here's a guy. It's not Chris Collinsworth. That. Who he's jumped around teams, but no matter what team he's on, is fun. He's a competitor. He's a gamer. Then on our team, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. You, yeah, that's my number five. <laughs> he was, he was, he was number four for me. Ryan Fitzpatrick was. It's Fitz magic, man. It's like whether he was throwing three picks a game or throwing for four hundred yards and four touchdowns. Like it's just like when he was, on, and he did that a lot with the Dolphins too, where you'd have a game you didn't know what you're getting out of him, but my God, you could either get fucking tom brady or uh fucking james Mills. Mills. like yeah either one so yeah that was that was my number that was my number four who's your number five then jared yeah the number five is philip rivers just his throwing motion he would always sling the rock around not give a fuck same thing like he could throw three picks or five touchdowns especially those days when he played for the san diego chargers back in the day uh, when they had uh, Antonio Gates, and that th- how he never made it to the Super Bowl is beyond me. He's the best um, quarterback 
to never win a Super Bowl? Uh, Dan well, Marino. Dan Marino. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, yeah. of, of ones that we've watched in our lifetime. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the stat that will always be crazy to me, and I'm sure you guys have seen this before, is that one year when Phillip Rivers was the quarterback, they had the number one offense, the number one defense, and missed the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. That's this wild. happens when you have a guy that turns the ball over the red zone a ton and just throws it like this. Well, it's also their special teams was so bad that year, like unbelievably yeah. bad. Yeah. That it also cost them. That's wild. All right. Ethan, I'll Our let you trip. go with your fourth. Oh, Since perfect. Took your fifth. Mine is a very specific era of this quarterback. It is pre LASIK Jameis Winston. It is <laughs> somebody who, again, 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, man. How can you not love a guy who is just going to throw the ball no matter what? And th- that year, when Godwin and Mike Evans, I mean, it was just deep ball after deep ball, and they were just catching 70-yard touchdown passes. They were the arguably, and they probably statistically weren't, but arguably the best two fantasy wide receivers to have because no matter what, Jameis was going to find them the ball. And it was just, it was fun to watch because, again, similar to Fitzpatrick, you just didn't know what you were going to get every week, but you knew that the ball was going to be slung. And so that is why he's my number four. Yep. My number four is... The big head himself, Peyton Manning. Uh, that's Jared's number three. I'm taking all his and just yeah. jumping him right in front of him. Uh, going back into our college days when Peyton Manning was throwing 50 touchdowns a year, swinging the ball, he had Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas. I mean, that offense was just fun to watch. A Even guy, back to a guy who just, can just, yeah, so Marvin I mean, Harrison and fucking Pierre Gosson. I mean, Pierre Gosson, there, there's, there's a name you haven't heard in a while. There's a dude, but I mean, okay, Dallas Manning, Clark, electric to watch. Uh, yeah, and then oh, yeah, Omaha, yeah, Omaha. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was number three. That was that was this decade's here we go. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Well, Jared's so only got two left now, so <laughs> yep. I will. Wait, uh, did he take one of yours too? Did Ethan take well, one I had, of yours? I had five, five was. Philip Rivers, four was right. Fitzpatrick. Um, Fitzpatrick, and three was yeah, Manning. Right. Manning. So we'll come back around to me then since I started. Um, yep. I was, what was, what was, what was three. Well, I'll we say it in a minute. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because, okay. <laughs> yeah. My three, and it is not a guy who is going to make probably 1% of football watchers list. But it is a guy who I will tune in to watch every single game if he is named the starter. And it is a homer pick but it's Drew Locke because he is not afraid to air the ball out. He's just fun to watch no matter what you say. Don't care. Well, I also will say this from a fandom perspective for us being Mizzou fans, because I almost put him on my list too, but I didn't, is when he's named the starter, I'm tuning in, like you said. Like, no matter what, because I'm like, I'm excited. I'm like, I want to see what this guy does. Like, I'm excited to see if he can prove himself, just like he did this year when he got those couple of starts. He played well for yep, 90% I watched- of the games. I watched every game and I watched every snap that he, yeah, every snap that he took, I was watching on TV. I, I literally flipped off red zone for one of them just to watch the Seahawks game because I wanted to watch him play. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't hate that at all. Cause as a, again, we're not talking as good players or whatever. We're talking as from a fan perspective. That's a great pick. All right. My last three, I feel like are kind of vanilla. So I apologize in advance. Um, and two of them are Homer picks. Um, but my number three is a guy that I only got to watch like, not necessarily the tail end of his career, um, but not his best days, but still really fun days. And it's Mike Vick. 
um, when he, he came back with the God. Eagles. He was my two. Yeah, my two. <laughs> my bad. He's my number three. Um, but when he came back, even with the Eagles, those like I mean, the seventy yard bomb to Deshaun Jackson and his ability to just scramble around the pocket. His Falcon stays insane. It's, exactly. Well, he, and like I said, I didn't get to catch much of that, but he was just electric. He didn't he didn't create it, but he made the mobile quarterbacks like he paved a path, I feel like, mm-hmm. to the mobile quarterbacks we see now. Which if he's not on your list, then Yeah. You're yeah. stupid. Michael so, Vick Michael Vick in NFL Street was Unmatched, unbeatable, back in, unbeatable back in the day, like Bo Jackson and uh, guys are fucking it, like Madden '95. <laughs> We're gonna let Ethan do his two, and then Jarrett gets his one, so he doesn't get all five of his takes. I don't know. Jarrett might want to take his one because he might have one of these guys. <laughs> all right. Do you want to give your number one, Jarrett? Just round off your list. It's fucking Kurt Warner. I mean, there Kurt Warner, Homer pick, took two different franchises to the Super Bowl. Um, not something that a lot of people have done. I believe it's only a handful of people have done that. I think it's less than five. Taking two different franchises, Super Bowl, brought the Rams their Super Bowl, and like just the greatest show on, on turf. I know you guys were way young for that. Even I was a little bit young, but even those years after the greatest show on turf, um, back when he was wearing the, he was the first quarterback to have two gloves playing for the fucking Arizona Cardinals when he took him to the Super Bowl and they lost to the to the Steelers. Uh, wasn't a guy who. Like Travis, he's very Peyton Manning. It's like he didn't have the deep ball threat, but he knew how to command an offense, and he made every single play exciting. Um, it just made something out of nothing a lot of the time. So, yeah, Kurt Warner is my number one. Yeah, just was not list, but yeah, I appreciate the uh, the pick there. You mean you want to take Sam Bradford? Fuck yeah, fuck that guy. Mark John Mannion. All right, you can go with your two, and then I'll go with my one. You can go your one. My two is the reason that I thought of this list because it's something that I saw. It's on Facebook. It's Brett Favre. Um, I only oh, caught yeah. the like, the last four years of his Packers career, and then I caught obviously his Vikings and Jets years. Um, when I really started coming in to be a fan, and not of just the NFL, but of the Packers specifically. Um, but it's the reason I made the, or that I came up with this idea, and it's because I was reading comments. And it really got me thinking. The dude was just a gunslinger. He was somebody yep. who did not give a fuck. He was yelling at teammates. Headbutton lineman uh, yelling at the defense, throwing the ball 50 yards downfield, like you said, into triple coverage. I mean, the dude finished with like, what was it, like 400 or something interceptions and like 600 touchdowns. I'm probably exaggerating on both of those, but I mean, he literally just threw the ball all over the field, similar to Jameis Winston, just a way better version of Jameis Winston. Yeah. Brett Favre's career stats, he had. 508 touchdowns, 336 picks. Yeah, that ratio is not great, but no, just just a fun guy to watch. One of the greats. One of the greats. Yeah. My number one is a guy who isn't a legend by any means, but he is probably hands down my favorite starting quarterback of the last decade. And it's the guy that I will always hold argument for. People give me shit about it. Baker. It's Baker Mayfield. Yeah. God, dude. <laughs> dude, I mean, I'm no, I sorry. Love but I love it. He's fun you to watch. Man. He could drop back. He throws the ball 50 times. He's not afraid to air it out. He plays with tenacity. He is a gamer. He will get up in your face when he makes a play. One of the things, and I know it dates back to his college days, when he looked over to the Kansas sidelines and like, fucking hold my nuts. <laughs> like, dude, come on. Playing I the mean, flag. He is a dude that just is out there to play. 
and I love it. And he's he's one of my favorite quarterbacks uh, of the last fifteen years. Yeah, I was gonna say again, this is not a list of best quarterbacks of all time. It is a list of who we really like to watch. There's there is no wrong answer here. No, so absolutely. You not. could take fucking Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. You enjoy watching them play? Cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You take fucking Blaine Gabbert, Chase Daniel, and <laughs> Drew Locke. And if you love to watch them play for the three snaps they get a year, then absolutely. Hey, don't you dare throw out Brad Smith like that. <laughs> well, wide, wide receiver advice. So. Well, he, cool, because he played, he played wide receiver in the NFL. So, Well, I still never got to watch him play. Um, my number one, again, I told you my last few picks were vanilla and homers. I mean, I it's mostly because I've watched this dude day in day out week after week it's Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers I I literally I mean I grew up watching Aaron Rodgers in a similar way that like us as a collective grew up like watching Albert Pujols and like witnessing what he did transcend over time I watched Aaron Rodgers from his draft day to his first start to the Super Bowl that he led us to I can remember exactly where I was during that Super Bowl um, and then just kind of seeing that grow and develop all the way up to the end when I'm like, I don't necessarily want him on my team anymore, um, yeah. which was last year. And I will still root for him. I would root for him on 31 of the 32 teams in the NFL minus the Bears. Um, but I will watch that dude. If he plays next year, I will watch every game that he plays in, um, regardless of how good or bad. I just I don't know. I just that's one of the reasons why I became such a huge fan of the NFL. The dude was, uh, again, just a guy who could throw the ball the opposite of far of a guy who didn't make mistakes, um, but a guy who's throwing the ball off his back. He, you talk about Vic transcending the way for guys to be mobile quarterbacks. I feel like Aaron Rodgers transcended to what Patrick Mahomes has become. Um, yeah. And being able to make the plays that you don't expect quarterbacks to make. Um, so it was just really fun to watch for me. And obviously a guy that I grew up with. So, yeah, good. I mean, it's a good number one. I had, I had a couple honorable mentions that didn't make my list of their close. Big Ben and Drew Brees. I had Big I Ben them. as like a just off the list too. Big, I mean that shouldn't have been a quarterback. So unathletic looking. Brick wall, <laughs> crushed beers in the offseason. You could definitely tell. Just like went on the golf course, just hammered thirty Miller lights, and but still like was able to make plays and run. We need to threw good balls from time to time. But again, made every game exciting. And Drew Brees, I think he kind of transcended the way for like smaller quarterbacks because like he was like the first successful quarterback really that was like under six foot um and was able to kind of do it do it well so those are my, my two like, honorable my honorable mention they had one that i just left off the list that i was debating put in there was matt stafford uh mm-hmm. back to the days whenever he had megatron calvin johnson who uh mm-hmm. really whenever the rams were in a dark dark place a team i turned to to watch because i loved watching calvin johnson and I mean, those days were fun. Even now, he's still slinging the ball all over the place. Yeah. So good for Getting him. Knocked out on the field. <laughs> exactly. Ethan, yeah. do you have any? Or is that it? That was it. That was, that was my list. I said I like I said, I almost put Big Ben on. I didn't. Um somebody else. Who did you say earlier? Uh Jared. Drew Locke. You did say Drew Locke that I had thought about, but there was somebody Phillip that Rivers. Said, yeah, that I almost put on the list and I didn't. It was Philip Rivers. Yeah. So I this guess is a kind of a throwback too. Tony Romo was actually fun to watch too, a lot of the times. And also, you guys probably knew this. I didn't until literally yesterday when I was randomly Googling Tony Romo. Don't ask me why. Um, I didn't know he was undrafted. Yep. That's just insane uh, to me. Eastern, he was undrafted Eastern, and put a career Eastern, like this together. 
Eastern Illinois, right? Something Illinois, Illinois, yeah. Yeah, Eastern, Eastern or Illinois. Northern yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I wish he'd have went undrafted to the fucking commentators booth because I'm tired right. of hearing that bitch talk. I will say, and I think this is the reason that I was looking him up yesterday because I saw a TikTok about this. I wish I knew what happened to him in the commentators booth. Do you remember when he first got in there and just the way he would analyze the game, I thought was super cool. And now yeah. he just like dick rocks. Every apparently, uh, this is what I heard slash read. Apparently, they told him that they didn't like him calling out the plays and what he thought that they were going to do before the plays happened. Yeah, and see, I yeah. loved that. I thought that was so cool. He'd be like, "Oh, this is going to be a run left," and sure shit, it was. I saw literally a TikTok of a mashup of all of his predicted calls in the booth, and it was so many, and they were all dead accurate. I don't know if it has to do with like they think that lot of the the rumors around and the swirling of nfl being rigged and scripted and then you got this guy in the commentators booth saying hey this right. is the next play coming up they kind of were like hey or oh, people are just like the, it just the, ruins the game because he's telling you what's gonna happen that. i mean it's it's a guy who literally read nfl defenses for over a decade yeah. he knows he knows what's coming i'm excited next year they're pulling greg olson off of fox can't wait for that I've, everyone loved greg olson i thought he was fucking terrible greg olson i know ethan liked him but they're putting Tom Brady in this place, and I think Tom Brady is going to do a fucking great job. I'm, I'm, I'm actually legitimately excited to hear Tom Brady in the booth. Just don't put him on the kiss cam because he'll go find his son. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that'll do it for episode 232. Uh, next week we'll have everything Super Bowl coming at you. Um, tune in too if you're listening to this on Thursday. You've got the NFL Skills Showdown taking place. They added a couple new ones. I was telling Ethan yesterday. Um, they have closest to the hole an actual. They pre-recorded a golf uh, skills competition for it. So Thursday night should be a pretty fun one to watch. Yeah, yeah, should be. What what else yeah. is in there? Skills competition wise. Um, let me look it up real quick for you. While you look, I believe Reba McIntyre is singing the national anthem. And Post Malone is doing uh, America's Beautiful. Or, or yeah, America God bless yeah, whichever one it is. Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think nice. people are saying, I could be quoting this incorrectly. We'll have all this for you guys next week. But I'm thinking that people were saying hammer the under on the national anthem with Reba singing. Uh, there must huh. be something they know that I don't, but... And I could be wrong. It might be the over, but it's out there. You'll find it, and we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, gotcha. So for the skill showdown, <clears throat> if you've listened this far, you've got the precision passing, which you've had in just about every year past. The best catch. Uh, wait, what were you saying? I was going to say, it, it's just every quarterback gets gets to participate um, in that, just select ones. Three quarterbacks from each conference. So, yeah, I think it's all of them that make it. Okay. Uh, we'll do the precision passing, which oddly enough, the one, the three who are elected from each conference, the only one that is playing from the three people who are voted in is Tua. Lamar's is opting out. Obviously, Mahomes Josh isn't Allen. playing. Cody's not playing. Josh uh, Josh Allen wasn't one of the three that made it from the AFC. So, but I'm sure he's in it now. He's a good substitute. for Tua. I hope he fucking goes out and wins the damn thing. And then Dak, Purdy. And who am I missing from the NFC? Was it golf? I don't think so. I don't look know. It up. Either way. Uh, and then they have the best catch. That's one that's pre recorded. So it's like a fucking dunk competition for catching. Uh, and then the other pre recorded ones, the closest to the pin. So six players from each conference 
uh, we'll do a close to the hole. They're doing a high stakes. So one player has a football in their hand and they will attempt to catch punts from a jug machine. Um, they have the dodgeball, which they've had in a few years past. And then they're doing a new one that is called snapshots. So it's the long snappers and centers to showcase their skills by snapping balls at targets of various sizes for point values. Hmm. Interesting. So interesting. Um, yeah, the uh, years. The other AFC quarterbacks are CJ Shroud and Gardner Minshew, along with Tua. Interesting. And the other NFC quarterbacks are Baker Mayfield, Geno Smith, and Jalen Hurts, which yep. I think is garbage because I'm sorry, but Jordan Love should have made it over Geno Smith a thousand times out of a thousand. And Jalen yeah. Hurts. Yeah. But Baker, Baker in there will be fun for the precision oh, Baker, passing. Baker deserved that, yeah, for sure. So yeah, that is on fun, Thursday it'll fun, night. It'll be fun watching Baker and Tua sling it out against each other. That will be, be a good yeah. one. So yeah. So yeah, episode 232. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.